also uh you you do live in los angeles but you're originally from uh like the charlotte um raleigh area anywhere in between yeah. there yeah i'm from yeah so i'm from from charlotte like kind of south ish charlotte um like providence ballantine area okay um and then i but i feel like i i'm also from raleigh because i spent a lot of my summers in raleigh because my aunt and cousins were there growing up and are there now and um and i went to school in raleigh so like say, that's that's where you went to um you went to state right yeah yeah awesome. and that's kind of where i became a person so, so <laughs> i yeah. count i count raleigh as my home as well right on yeah and uh and you've been very involved in like the the music scene and just you know media and just kind of like knowing a lot of people and everything you and i got that that gemini dog in us um yeah. <laughs> uh where it's just you know we're gonna talk to everybody and everything so you knew people in the raleigh and charlotte scenes and stuff too so like i grew up in like the greensboro scene which was more like it's still good and everything like not knocking it at all but like charlotte is definitely like an a market Raleigh's probably like a B market or so. And then like I knew people from kind of just all over the place and everything. But mm. you and I at some point got connected in probably I would say 2011 or 2012. Um, but we didn't meet in person until 2013. And you, we, we've told the story amongst yeah. ourselves that not on a, um, a recorded podcast before. Uh, professional re recording podcast today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, from across time zones uh but yeah so we yeah we got uh basically associated with each other in 2011 2012 era when we're about the same age when did you uh graduate high school yeah um i got i graduated in 2013 okay i think the the show we met at or we didn't meet at the show it was like we met at like a burrito right spot between, like right yeah down fat the burrito yeah fat yeah. burrito yeah that was the spot it was like between sets um, but yeah, I think that was, it was Dillinger escape plan. Yeah. Yeah. The my, faceless. Yeah. Was it was like, it was right? like my, my old local <laughs> band played and we didn't fit at all, but I mean, it was fun. Um, but it was nice. like the Dillinger escape plan, uh, when they, uh, put out, um, Oh God, what's the name of that? One album? of us is the killer. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was like that album release tour and it was like a Wednesday yeah. night and I don't think the show was promoted really well. Cause there was a decent amount of people there, but it was in the old Amos building, and um, well, I mean the same building. It was just a little bit more opened yeah. up, uh, but there was probably like two hundred people there at the time. It held like nice. probably a thousand or so, and like so, like there's people there, but it looks empty. Um, yeah, that, but, <laughs> I played a few shows like that at Amos's. I get oh, that. Oh yeah, or like <laughs> yeah, Green Street. If you ever uh, went there back in the day in Greensboro, where uh, Green Street? I never, I never went there. I didn't make it out to Greensboro until I like until I was like almost at the end of college, like when I was that, going there regularly and exploring. That was my version of when people from Charlotte are like, "Do you remember Tremont?" Like that was my version of that. And then when people from yeah. Raleigh are like, "Do you remember the brewery?" I'm like, I wasn't around for either of those. I had Green yeah. Street and like yeah, church I, shows. Yeah, like I moved to Raleigh for school uh, in 2013, and um, people were like. Yeah, it was like the brewery and like Sadlax were like the two things that everyone like. I haven't even heard of that just, one. Sadlax. It, it used no. to be, you know where the, you, you know where the bell tower is at NC State. I you think so. I think I'm I'm not super familiar. I, I went on like a tour there in high school, yeah. but like I don't really know. It. Yeah. Yes, um, it, it was it was like where the Aloft Hotel is now. Okay. Um, which is also near where uh where school kids used to be. 
Okay, gotcha. School kids used to like where it is in Mission Valley now. I think it used to be over by NC State, like across from the bell tower by the like subway. Much closer to like like on campus yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. As far as I know, this is all lore. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> this all happened right before I showed up. Yeah. <laughs> and the brewery, yeah, I think now it's like an an apartment. Like building. a CVS or something. Like it's just some literally there's a CVS yeah, at that apartment like, building. It, yeah. Oh god, I hate it. This is what this yeah, is but, what but there's a boba shop. I don't know. Okay, it's like <laughs> it's like guys si- sipping boba outside. Like, man, I, I miss I miss 2011 yeah. so much. <laughs> real. Yeah, for real. Um, so you, yeah, you graduated like a year after me. So we're basically the same age. Both, yeah, both it rounds born up. In June and everything like that. So I have a few notes here, but I mean, as this goes, totally. you and I have known each other for a while. I let it just kind of yeah. flow, but I mean, I do have some stuff that I was gonna. Yeah, absolutely. Thing here. Um, so as far as like timeline wise like back then um you and i kind of s- both came from that same kind of like uh style of metalcore but also the same niche of like christian metalcore so i'm sure yeah. we, we both uh went to a lot of shows at churches or like christian bands played in christian bands yada 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 and you know like there's usually some like speech and people were praying and like there's a whole it's it's very like coincide with like the like evangelical kind of stuff that we were uh at least you know i was brought up into and i know you kind of uh at least have told me uh that you kind of like search for yourself and um like the teenage years or whatnot too so yeah Yeah. so we we were both around for that and it's interesting looking back on that because um try not to make the pun with my own band like i will not romanticize but (laughs) like you look back at like the good old days back then and then you listen to a lot of the music and like some of it definitely holds up but a lot of it is like it's good but like it there's like so many just memories attached to it of like oh this show was so great and like the quality and everything is so bad you're playing through like busted pas and stuff but it's like there's something about it because it's like you're you're young and like green to this whole idea so you're like experiencing mm-hmm. both live music and like a emotional and like spiritual yeah. you know for like but you know overall it's just a weird like has very positive effects but definitely some right. weird effects um in the future and everything so yeah i just wanted to open that up if you didn't mind yeah. just jumping into that yeah totally well i mean just to that last part about just like the feeling of it all i think i think what made that what made that era stick was that um all those feelings were all so new to the people who were like driving that genre forward. Like, right. you know, we were all like in middle and high school when that was like the explosion. And, um, you know, these feelings of like togetherness and like the angst combined with like the, the shininess of this like new genre was so exciting. And then I don't, I don't know. I feel like it was that combined with a lot of the, you know, the, um, a lot of the same feelings happening at the church shows or at like the, even like whatever hardcore shows um, in that genre were the same things that were happening in church, like just church Sunday services. I think for me, at least yeah, uh, like the maybe, live a, music, maybe a more extreme kind of like raw version of it, but yeah. like the same type of thing, like an altar call and stuff was usually a part of it. And like playing, obviously playing music and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause a lot of my favorite bands are still like, bands from that era and a lot of Mm -hmm. them are like either broken up or like yeah we're not a christian band anymore and like you know whatever and i'm just like that's cool man like i i appreciate people embracing you know like really what what they believe whether that Mm -hmm. is you know evangelical christianity or you know being atheist or you know any sort of you know religious 
spirit, any sort of way you want to view the world and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it's weird in, in my personal journey. I mean, you and I have definitely had some talks about, you know, just our mutual kind of journey through, mm-hmm. you know, faith or, you know, being agnostic or yada, yada, yeah. yada and everything. And it's interesting because like in recent years, specifically this uh, this year, last few months, um, I've really kind of found myself kind of going back to like a lot of my like kind of returning to that 16 year old self that's like embracing mm-hmm. all this new stuff, but also with like the wisdom I have now. So I'm just trying to figure out how to like properly combine the two. Totally. No, like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, also, sorry, I, I missed, I didn't answer like your initial question of like, like walking through the timeline, but like just relating to that, like my intro to a lot of heavy music came from like the, the Christian scene. Mm-hmm. Um, just as I was kind of exploring like that part of myself of like, Oh, like what I believe, like, what is, what is God? What's Jesus? What's that stuff mean? Cause I was raised, I was raised by my religious upbringing was like kind of non-existent, but also like weirdly specific. Cause my, my, you know, my family's from Iran. Um, a lot of Iranians who are in the States are, um, especially if they came to the South, they're like ex Muslims or like recovering Muslims or they're atheists who were never Muslim in the first place, but just kind of had to be. And so with that kind of background, it was like, my parents were like, oh yeah, kind of explore whatever you want. Um, you know, it just don't let anyone force it on you. And, um, you know, were they like, when you were like, Hey, I kind of want to go do this thing. Like they weren't really opposed to you doing that. Like they were really like open to it. Yeah. I mean, my, yeah, my dad was chill about it. My mom thought it would, my, my mom was okay with it because she thought it would keep me out of trouble. Okay. Um, and it just got me in like it. It, it did keep me out of trouble in a way, but it kind of got me into, it got me into metal. So like, it did you know. got you into really you know the good kind of trouble, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um. Good trouble. Yeah. Yeah. But they um. Yeah. And so like a lot of my early exposure. I mean, I you know I was a kid in the early two thousands. So like my initial like exposure was like stuff on the radio, like System of a Down mm-hmm. or like Linkin Park. Link, yep. Like yeah, the new the new metal phase was definitely like the foundation. Um, Absolutely. But then once I started exploring other genres, you know, as I lay dying showed up and then and like under oath, um, kill switch engage, kill switch engage, yeah. which I guess not really a Christian band, but like still like positive, still part of that like, like moment, you know, yeah. like, there like is hopeful. Hope, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is love. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then like haste the day. Haste the day was one of my yes. favorites. Uh, still, they're still one of my favorite bands ever. Um, did you ever get to reasons. see them? I did. I got to see them. It was my second. Sh- got yeah. Core memory unlocked. Um, it's my second. It was my second show ever. Um, first one was Trivium and all that remains at Amos's. I saw that uh, tweet that you. Did yeah, yeah. Your, in in October first concert. Uh, yeah, yeah. October two thousand eight. Yeah. Um, okay. it was for the Overcome tour for all that remains album. They had just put out, put that album out. Wow. But wow. the second show I ever saw was uh, that following summer at the Lincoln Theater. It was Scream the Prayer two thousand nine. Case the day was the headliner. Oh wow! Um, and it was at the Lincoln Theater. It was my first time going there. Um, I was I had just graduated from eighth grade, there and so I was. Yeah, I had I had like the hair. I had I, I think I went there with um, with a I think I was wearing an Every Time I Die shirt. Oh, culture. Um, or something. Absolutely yeah, yeah. cultured at thirteen yeah. years old. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I was very lucky because my my cousin's boyfriend at the time, um, now husband. And they like, they are the ones who, they were kind of my gateway more into like, into Christianity in general, but also 
just Christian metal. And so like, they took me to this tour. I was 13 and they had just turned 18, which is the only reason why, like, like you got a ride, to go with like to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, God, everything on that, everyone on that tour, Hasty Day was headlining and just, I think going down the list, it was I'm like, gonna, I'm going to pull up the, you say it was 2009? Yeah. Scream. Scream the prayer. It was definitely like, that was like, that was the, like the Cambrian explosion of Christian metal for me. Cause like, Oh, sleeper was on it. Lee was on it for today. The chariot. Oh my God. Okay. Um, I got the lineup right here. Yeah. 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 Scream the prayer. 2009. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Haste the day. The chariot sleeping giant project 86. Oh Oh, sleeper with an old logo. I didn't even recognize. I didn't Mm -hmm. think they were on it first. Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Ah! Oh my God. A graceful, yeah. amazing, mm-hmm. which is uh, Chris from Moths, his old band. Oh, really? Yeah. He was the singer. Oh, of that shit. Band. I did not. Dude, that is more that I never later. explored. Yeah, so listen sick. to the lyrics. It's it's good. Uh, <laughs> for today, um, mm-hmm. a plea for purging, Corpus Christi. And then I guess they had like local bands on there too, but that is yeah. sick. Um, yeah, only... that was right before. That was how I discovered, started listening to literally all of those bands except for Haste the Day. I didn't know anyone else on that lineup ever. Wow. Um, so you didn't know the Chariot, and then you saw them for the first time live. <laughs> and then I saw them for the first time live. Oh, what an experience! Because you didn't um, get like the hype up, like, dude, these guys are like the best. And then you see them, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my whole my whole face my my face that whole day was just the the Patrick Star sitting down meme like. Yeah. It was just that all day. Um, just trying to take yeah. it in. Like, what is this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I could, I, that to this day, I still, I still feel that show in my bones. Cause that was just like such a pivotal, like time, like musically and just like personally and emotionally. And like, you know, it was, and then summer going into high school, like really like a foundational thing. And that was uh O sleeper had just, That's I a- think they had literally just put out son of the morning. That or they were about might to even I was gonna say based on the they might have like either j- just put it out or like mm-hmm. yeah because I think Sun of the morning came out oh nine let me see just just for yeah. the lore. let's see Sun of the morning yeah I think it came out like wh- like around the time like right when I started high school so it that would have been released August 25th 2009 so they were probably like, like they first probably day. had like a couple songs out and like they already yeah. had like vices like vipers and all you know that first album mm-hmm. and everything yeah. God, dude, what a band. Oh, my God. I know. That is yeah, a they're amazing. lineup, dude. Gwen Stacy, like, nobody ever talks about them either. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and listen to, like, their second album, like, that dude is, like, one of the best vocalists. Like, you know how um people like Dave from We Came As Romans, like, have the, like, I've been trying. Like, it's very, like, yeah, the real guttural, very, like... like, dude from Era, JT has the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. you can hear Ghost Inside, you know, like, all those yeah. bands, like, you can understand every word they're saying. Yeah. Gwen Stacy was, like, had that same kind of scream, and then, mm-hmm. like, really good clean vocals, and, like, they just, yeah. I don't know whatever happened to them. I never got to see them. Um, yeah, same. I, I, I lost track of them. I only went to Scream the Prayer, now I just have to pull it up. I only went to Scream the Prayer twice, and the first one was 2012, and it was Emery, Sleeping Giant, My Children, My Bride, Close Your Eyes, Hundredth, Wow, uh, The Great Commission, Gideon, A Bullet for a Pretty Boy, Your Your Memorial, and To Speak of Wolves. Wait, 2012? Was that at Amos's? Yeah. I did. I that. Oh, that's so funny. Did you play that show? I didn't. So that was after I left my band at the time, Bruce But Not Broken. Okay. That was, 
after I left, because I left at the beginning of 2012, but like, you know, I was still like involved with them and still like wrote some. Wrote I got you because my old band like stuff, booked a but... show with them. And I remember you like had just quit when I booked that show. Like I was. Do- yeah. In the in yeah. That year. And That's I probably did how we honestly got associated. <laughs> yeah. It's because I booked yeah. your band back in the day. Oh, oh God, you know, you know, that would make sense. Good. Wow. The math is mathing. Holy but yeah, no, shit. I did. I did lights for them when they played Scream the Prayer. OK, so you were. I knew all the songs. We were in the same building. Wild. Again. But then we met at that building or like a year, year that later building, at year that later. same building. Dude, so, life is weird, man. And here we are. I know. So, having a conversation ten years about metalcore. So yeah. just to, and then we can move on from this, but on screen, the sure. prayer, um, 2013 was how I discovered Silent Planet. I just saw like the pop-up like flyers on Side by Side. Silent Planet was the opening band and there were like 20 people watching them. Wow. And I was just like, this is really cool because I'd never seen a band do like heavy, heavy and then do the like explosions in the sky, like ambient yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that was that new was, territory. What's up? That was new territory back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Like the only uh, people that had done it so far was like North Lane and everything like that. Yeah. Um. So we can get back on on metalcore, but I two of my sure. notes we can we can choose your own adventure here. We'll get we'll get to <laughs> yeah. either of them eventually. So I had written down. Maybe just because I've been playing it so recently, I wrote down uh, favorite video games, Pokemons, and then like <laughs> dash Pokemon slash Yu-Gi-Oh and just like that side of yeah. things. And then my yeah. other uh, uh, topic here was just <laughs> because we haven't gotten to it, uh, your like background and then like what you've done as a director and then as a filmmaker. And even if you wanted to talk about like acting and stuff like that, too. So choose your own adventure, flip the coin. You know, we can go in either direction <laughs> at this point. Sure. So, um, oh, wow. Okay. So I'm going to answer the favorite games question first and then lead into the the main one. Can I combine them? Yeah, Is that's that okay? fine. That's fine. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, so favorite games um, like three. right now. I'm what uh, I was going to say, like, if you have like a top three or just whatever right now, either one. Yeah. Yeah. Top three. Um, I would say my favorite, like my favorite franchise of all time. I think it's mostly just for nostalgia. It's probably kingdom hearts. Sick. Um, yep. cause that combined, like, you know, it combined, I had, it's just everything like a kid in 2001 or 2002 would like love. Disney it's like plus Disney um, anime. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like Disney. Final Fantasy. Exactly. Like, yeah. So. It was, yeah. And so there's that. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much like Pokemon. Like I re- recently restarted Emerald. I, I uh, kind of hacked my, or I found a way to uh, play. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> uh, I found a way to play Emerald on my, 2ds that is still the same as when i bought it uh um it's and the so, exact same. yeah yeah i've been playing that and um and then oh my god what else i really like i, I just think i just really like single player jrpgs yeah because i love a good story you, you know like a skyrim type game not like... even dude skyrim scares me really? open world open world freaks oh, me okay. out man you don't do it yeah no world. i mean yeah, I've never, uh, I never dove into. That. I was telling a friend that the other day, and he like, he looked at me like I kicked his puppy. Like I was just like, it feels like you did. I, you know, and I, and that's why I'm on a podcast is to share the controversial exactly. thing. No, um, yeah, I think, I think it's just, I think it's just the ADHD. It just like with my, just there's so there's many so places many to go. You're like, all right, I'm good. Yeah, I, yeah, I just get instant burnout from it. I think I kind of need some handholding. I understand that actually. That you know, I, I prefer like a single player like story-based like game where it's just like all right i'm at this part i better just keep running forward yeah and so that's why as a director i really know yes Um, exactly use that (laughs) use that no i so i think just that kind of frames my 
kind of frames like all the various artistic interests that like led me to like directing and filmmaking and like whatever other stuff I do. Right. Um, because it's kind of too much. You do are <laughs> yeah. at Arian Media on Instagram, dude. I have all your Instagram plugs at the bottom. Dude, I got, I got King. Arian Mo, Arian Media, and then we can talk about it too. Uh, is it uh, Padesha Sound? Padesha. Padesha. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're um, good. Yeah, Padesha Sound. So I got. I'll, I'll. I'll make sure all those links are um are down below in the description. Appreciate it, King. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. <laughs> Thank um, you. But yeah, so I mean, dude, uh, it, talking about just just the the timeline and like the trajectory of like what I was doing versus like yeah yeah what just I'm doing now is like however you want to explain that lore and basically just you know what you were doing and then yeah now living across the country and then if yeah. we want to talk about it we can talk about your opinion of where you live as well um, <laughs> sure because I, sure. I know that's a lot but yeah we all know I got opinions oh, um yeah. but uh yeah so basically uh, you know I was always I was always a creative person like my mom told me like she reminds me of this a while, like every once in a while that when she was like holding me as a kid, I would, she would sing to me, I would like sing back and oh, like, okay. I would like, yeah, like I would mimic like whatever she was singing to me. I was always doing voices. I was always like telling stories about just random stuff, like, you know, kid stuff. Dude, like, you and I um, both have the fucking uh, little kid doing crazy voices thing. Cause I don't re even remember yep. when I started, but I think I watched like The Mask with Jim Carrey in it. And I like reenacted a whole scene when I was five, like uh, at like a picnic trip we were on. Or yeah. something. And my mom, they don't even have it anymore because it was on like a camcorder or something somewhere. But God, I wish I could find that dude. Like, yeah, like, this little five year old kid that's just like memorizing, like, you know, I'm sure you did the same thing, like memorizing full movies and plays. Yeah, and, like, literally like, same. Doing the voices perfectly. Like, yep. dude, that's why that's how <laughs> I got into scary that was... good. You know what I mean? Where yeah. people like you go like you're hanging out with friends and people are like, that person's like da -da 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 -da, and then you actually like sound like them. And they're like, um, like they're, they're like, it's almost too good. <laughs> how do you think I, mean? I started the Peter Griffin voice? Exactly. How do you think that this happened? I'm not this really sure would... there, fat man. I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this shit since I was a baby. You know, like, <laughs> holy crap, Lois. Anyway, um, yeah, so, like, yeah, I was always, like, doing that. Um, I was always, just always kind of a performative kid. Then, I, you know, I got into drawing, and then I got into, like, like photography and, like, music and around, like, middle and high school. And mm -hmm. all of that cup paired with, you know, my parents, they're, immigrants from Iran and they, you know, they made their way, my mom, at least she made her way by like being an electrical engineer. And so that was just like, that's what you have to do. She was like, you can be whatever you want to be. Okay. Doctor, engineer, or homeless. Those are your options. Um, and so, you know, so when, when I met you, um, in 2013, I was on track to, uh, when I started at state, I was going in for biochemistry because I wanted to do pre-med. Okay. Because it was always like all this, all the, my creative stuff was kind of always a hobby. Um, Got to be good at it. Like be your best. Always do your best. Yeah. Don't like, you know. They, but it wasn't they, my, as much of a like, I'm going to try to pursue this as my yeah. career type thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. And, and that was part of why I left my band too, was just like, I wanted to focus on school. And a few years later, I would realize I wasn't that great at school. <laughs> but that's the whole <laughs> other neither. thing. It's okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. And so, you know, and then in, you know, after I left the, after I left my band, I was in, um, I started doing choir at school and then that got me into theater. And then the, you and I was like, literally amazing. At. Theater. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it was like kind of a, I don't know how to explain it except for like, I guess this is just how time works, but like, you know, everything I was doing like led to this moment. 
because time, but like that was um, kind of a pivotal point for me where I was like, oh, maybe like maybe performing is kind of my thing. I go through college. I do, you know, I ended up changing my major. Um, I was like, really, I ended up getting way more involved in like theater than I ever thought I would. And I wanted to pursue acting professionally. Right. So then, yeah. So kind of halfway through college, I changed from like computer science to English and theater. And I was doing professional shows, um, working on and off stage. Like I was performing, I was designing, you know, a lot of this stuff. I was also when my photography kind of came into play. I wanted to, like um, were you you were ta- were you taking pictures for bands and stuff at that time? I was, and just, I was taking just pictures anything? for actors. Actors, okay. for actors, yeah. Um, because you know actors always need headshots. Like head- and stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I was taking sure. pictures of like performances, um, and then I like theater performances, and that's what got me into some like live shows, like 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 bands. Okay. Like the first the first live set I ever did was Joy at local five hundred six. Wow. Um, Which is I found those photos recently. Way. This, one more time. I said, which which is still a venue, by the way. It's it's not one of the uh, the ones we named that that dropped yeah, off. No. <laughs> local five hundred six. Yeah, yeah, still it's still standing. They're still kicking. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh yeah. And um, yeah. And so, I I got into that, and then you know I was just so all of this stuff was kind of happening. They were all all the creative stuff I was doing was like very connected, but still very separate. Mm-hmm. And then you know by the time I graduated, um which was like 2018, I was working a creative assistant job. Um, and then COVID or and then uh, until COVID hit. Okay. Oh yeah. Cause and, you moved there after COVID had already happened. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I was in Durham when COVID hit. And then I went back to Charlotte for a little while to stay with my mom and, you know, some family stuff and just to wait it out, you know, see what, right. what the fuck this thing is. Yeah. And then, um, and yeah. And then, I was like, okay, well, I saved some stuff and I'm going to move to LA to pursue filmmaking. Cause during that time after I graduated was when I really started like seeing filmmaking as a, and directing as like a viable career path. Cause it combined all of this other stuff that I was doing. It combined the photography in my camera work, like photography and design went into my camera work, all my knowledge of, um, of being an actor and working with directors helped me develop a language for working with talent and working with a team and like wrangling people. And then Um, as a super, you know, creative, almost entrepreneur kind of spirit or very entrepreneur kind of spirit. um, If you really want to put it that way, it's um, being a director kind of allowed you, like you just said, to take all those things and put it where it's like, all right, I'm the director, (laughs) you know, like I'm, I'm the filmmaker. Like I can, really fall into that creativity and mess with the lights, mess with the little audio stuff, like, yeah. you know, mess with the edits, you know what I mean? Like all the, pre- yeah. the presentation, I guess, of everything. And, um, and yeah. And I think, and, and also be able to like allocate that to uh, to someone else who's working yeah, on it. Exactly. You know, obviously and anyone who's like coming up, it, you know, obviously you're doing a lot of one man band stuff yeah, for a while. You, yeah. When you're, you're like showcasing and, everything like that. Um, and then yeah. you can, you know, direct and kind of oversee everything. Um, when did you want to switch directly? Like, I know you said like over that like period of time, but what was there a specific decision that you had or, or a thought process where it's like, I think I'm not really feeling the acting thing. And I kind of want to, at least from the way I've seen you post about like mm-hmm. stuff before, like theater stuff. It's like, yeah. I kind of want to leave that where it was. I'm on what I'm on now. I love, you know, I, I did good work, but it seems like there's a, mm-hmm. a you know, something in you that's just like i'm not that guy you know like i'm this guy you know so what if you want to expand on that 
totally totally um yeah thank you for asking because I, lo I love talking about that stuff cool um, yeah I, I didn't so i have a lot of like <laughs> almost contra not controversial but like this is a thinking question you know oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah so no, I can, um, i'm like all right yeah so yeah so I, I, when it happened it was basically it was kind of toward the end of my first year in la because i was kind of overlapping both i was like i will work as both like i'll do my freelance directing stuff okay. i was working so on a lot of music videos and when you moved there um, already you were like trying to do both yeah i was trying to do both because okay. you know also part of the and we can talk about this later but a big part of moving to la um as like an independent creative or performer or artist of any kind is that like you have to do multiple things you just have to right you and just you to, just have a specialty so much saturation like you have to break through kind of things like just to get a exactly. job yeah, and well, and the, the key is too is like you kind of have to cast a wide net For to sure. like, and, and you just kind of come back and see what you catch. Yeah. Um, and so I came with you know I came with a, a variety of skill, a special set of skills. Oh yes. You know, um, and uh, and you know when I got to L.A. um, like a month in, I qualified to join SAG, just I got super lucky. I got enough. Uh, I got enough vouchers that it, and, it's a whole thing. But basically. Those, non-film <laughs> buffs out there what is is sag uh is it screen actors guild screen actors guild and sag aftra is the full um the full name of the union because they combined with a television and radio okay uh, in like 20 2009 a while ago i can't I don't remember the exact on this year. at the end for both of us and we're both gonna fail but it's fine. right exactly but <laughs> yeah, um anyway but yeah so i qualified to join that union um very shortly into my you know into my move um but I was always kind of iffy about it. Um, you know, now I'm kind of like, ah, there's a lot, there's a lot happening with, uh, yeah. with oh, Screen Actors Guild right yeah, now. Exactly. Um, this year. Anyway, we can, yeah, we can also talk about that later, yeah, but exactly. yeah, I kind of realized um, as I was kind of digging into the acting economy out here and kind of like, so you can make my way, like meeting with, you know, meeting with a couple agents or like managers kind of figuring out like what I have to offer as an actor I real I realized and I was told um that I I kind of I think too much or like I overthink it. I mm -hmm. think and one of the things that one of the things that stuck was I think like a director which was kind of like presented to me okay. more as like it it was kind of um it was somebody that I was I was meeting with as a potential you know potential agent um just like a Zoom call and I was like talking about this movie that I had just seen and it was just like I don't know. It was one of those conversations that like you could feel like they, they weren't into it, but they were sticking around just to be nice. And I was like, yeah, valid. And um, I just kind of realized through that conversation and like other things that were lining up and also like finding acting work was hard. Like going to auditions sucked right. having to pay for like having to like, you know, yeah, pay for parking to go to an audition, like basically a job interview. Right. Um, and you're or having, like, and hey, like, there's so many people that are trying to get the same thing or, or get or the exact similar, same thing. Yeah. And um, and then like just so many a lot of it came down to just like back end, just like costs, the cost, like financial like cost of to doing get a headshot and all this kind of shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like just that the grind yeah. of being an actor in Los Angeles. It was different in North Carolina. I was getting pretty decent work in like in some commercials and ads and stuff. And um, when I wasn't, when I wasn't doing like theater, right. You know, I would get some really good theater gigs. I was working with professional companies um, on and off stage. And then like outside of that, I would get occasional like local commercial or 
things like that, or like content, like user generated stuff, um, doing pretty well, you know, and, but it's just a totally, and I could do that while also having a day job, like a full-time day job. Okay. That is really hard to do in Los Angeles. To do both. In my experience, to do, to do both. And that's why, that's why, you know, that's why a lot of actors out here are servers who work in, who or work in the service industry or do Uber Eats or DoorDash and all this stuff. It's to allow the flexibility exactly. to go get the gig if you do. Um, and there was a point where, sorry, that's a really long winded no, way fine. of like answering your question. No, um, but it's um, that kind of reached a tipping point for me where I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I couldn't, I literally couldn't afford it. The work wasn't coming in. Um, and also like the effects of COVID kind of like were delayed in the industry in a way where like there was all this support for like the first year and a half in the industry, mm -hmm. but then like kind of mid 2022 stuff just tanked and things weren't being produced anymore and all that stuff. So a lot of it came from necessity <laughs> like like leaving acting kind of became a necessity for me specifically a lot of people still stick with it and are actively pursuing it still um but i had to come to terms with like what do i have to offer what i have to offer is not as an actor but as someone whose skills are more uh are more generative and more um just more steering the ship rather than embodying the playing, story playing makes a, sense. yeah just playing a character. playing a part or performing i'm yeah. more yeah like i'm i'm more of a i'm you more of a back in the guy. whole story which yeah. is which is why shameless plug which is why the romanticized documentary which is now available on youtube.com um as well as tiktok and instagram myspace you know where to find it uh <laughs> it's why that was so good because uh wow. you had a storyboard um on that like thank you like yeah. <laughs> the story, like everyone that's seen it has was just like, oh my god, this is really well made, and it's like, well, it's because Ariane lives <laughs> in L.A. and is a filmmaker, so yeah. the quality, it like, it's not just like, oh, we're just <laughs> it's got like a script. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, part and part of why, and and also that means a lot. Like it, it was, it was so. Um, yeah, I, I'm just so glad y'all let me do that for yeah, you because yeah. I, I was like yeah, so. We, we, I mean, we don't need to do, deal yeah, derail there. We can go back to that if you want to yeah. um, later on. But I just sure. figured I would throw that. <laughs> totally. Well, and part of why part of why I was able to do what I did for that was from the was from the experience that I got after moving to LA. It's it's not like you have to move to LA to to hone your skills as a filmmaker. You don't have to do that. I, I think it helps. It yeah. helps to get a perspective and to get a, a feel of like a lot of like of like industry standards and best practices or worst practices, um, which you see, I think you see in, when you move to any big city yeah. or a larger I mean, economy the, of what you're doing. It's the same but, thing of like if you wanted to be a Broadway actor, moving to New York just to make it yeah. easier. Or if you want to do stand up comedy, moving to Denver, Colorado, where it's <laughs> like the yeah. fucking booming. You know what I mean? Like, or if you yeah. want to work for a bank, you move to Charlotte or whatever. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. And so like, you know, um, a lot of what I was able to do in that documentary were things that I learned after moving to LA. Okay. Um, and like, and maybe that's just a timing thing or maybe that's by coincidence. But when I went to like how I got into directing, it was just like, it just made sense. I think that's like, that's the crux of it all is just like directing made more sense. And also like being behind a camera made more sense than being in front of it. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that's just, that just kind of happens for some people, um, life-wise, like I always, and I definitely like, I, I just want to like put a disclaimer. Like I say, I'm, I'm like director. That doesn't mean that I, I'm like perfect or I know everything about what Nobody I'm doing. I learned, yeah. No one does yeah. like it. It's just like, because I feel like there's a lot of, um, not, not, not to undermine the title of director, but also I feel like there's just a lot of just culturally and at large, there's just a lack of knowledge of like the different tiers of director that you can be. Right. Um, and the different kinds of projects that you're doing as a director, like, and then none of them and all of them are as valid as the other. It's just like, I say, I'm a director. I am not directing anything that is like going to film festivals yet. Yet. Yeah. You know, it's still, yet. it's still definitely something, a craft that I'm I am, that I am honing. The universe. My at. girlfriend has crystals in here. Yeah. I'm saying yet as a form of yes. manifestation. Yes. Boom. We love casting yet. spells. Not really. <laughs> Shadow Wizard Money Gang. We yeah. love casting spells. Not really. John 316. Um, let's go. It's funny because I'm so I joke yeah. about everything. People are gonna be like, I don't understand what, and I'm like, oh, it's fun. I'm I'm a Christian, but I love. I just love making. Like it's just funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it also I think that shows that you're that you are about it. Not that like you know, not that we can really judge who's about it and who isn't, but also you kind of can. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. In our experience, at least, you can definitely see who's <laughs> who's in it for like a car salesman type gig, and who's in it for right. like a like who's really in it. Um, shout out uh, my buddy Josh Stone, who's in it. My buddy Caleb mm-hmm. Faircloth. I got got a got a few yeah. Christ, Christian boys out there, nice. um, hanging out. But uh, yeah, that are that are like about it, about it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, um yeah, sorry, I, I kind of went off the rails oh, for a little fine, bit. Oh, you're fine, you're fine. I had an ADHD thought attached to that that I was going to try to be funny and go back to, but I, I lost it, so we'll see if it comes back. Sure. But yeah, um, really just with, with filmmaking and like the craft of it all, it's like it's something, It's oh yeah, that's what I was saying, is that it's just something I'm I'm constantly trying to get better at and like do more of in different ways, whether it's like, you know, shooting a music video on the weekend or something, or like writing a short film to like give to someone else who like owns a studio, you know, or owns like a production company for them to make, you know, just to keep exercising the muscles, the brain muscles, and then letting other people get their hands on it and letting other people be a part of what you're doing. That helps me grow as a director is like, um, or even as a filmmaker, because I do a lot of different stuff other than direct. Like I DP sometimes. Is, and for those who don't know what that is, it's director of photography, um, which is which a is sick gig. cinematographer. It's a cinnamon. It's, it's the same uh, same thing. Cinematographer is the same thing as director yeah. of photography. Okay. Yeah. Or they can be sometimes, a, and sometimes they're they're both also synonymous with like camera operator. Depends on the set that you're on, but usually. Um, yeah, usually the DP and cinematographer are the same. Sick. Like they're interchangeable with different responsibilities sometimes. So I, I wanted to ask, uh, (laughs) your, (laughs) I know that, uh, like LA is the place to be, to do this. Do you see yourself moving to another place? Cause I know that you, you've said before, like, ah, this, this place is like, I mean, obviously like everyone knows like the cost of living and everything. Yeah. Um, and just overall, you know, just culture, it's super chaotic and everything like that too. So do you mm-hmm. see yourself like wanting to stay out there or like, you know, making, making a move to like another like film city that's maybe just not LA kind of thing or just fucking somewhere random. I don't know. I just don't, don't know what mm-hmm. you're, what are you thinking? Yeah. No, that's a great question. Um, I, 
I don't know if I see myself staying in LA like long, long term. I think by the time I am wanting to settle down and like kind of start building a family and like a life um, that's not like the grind, I would probably see myself moving back to North Carolina. Really? Yeah. Uh, only because, or not only, there are many reasons, but, um, you know, my family's there. Main, I have mainly, I have some family guess, here. But, your, like, your family I, and just everything? Yeah. Like my, yeah, my core family is there. Like my friends are there. Um, and if they're not in North Carolina, they're scattered all over the world. Right. <laughs> you know, um, and I, I really felt that, I really felt like I was a part of something in North Carolina that I, that maybe it's because I'm still relatively new to LA. That's why I'm saying. It's just like, I'll give it some more time to like really figure out like where I belong. Like, you know? I was going to say, is it like, a sense of belonging kind of thing? Like it's, it like, is a sense of belonging. Is it, I mean, is it a, is it a social thing as well? Like, are there, um, cause I know you have friends out there, but I don't know like the ratio, you know what I mean? Like to like, you know, you know what's so funny? Most of my friends out here are from North Carolina. Yeah, what the fuck? Like you <laughs> apparently like, are friends with somebody I graduated high school with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, That's so funny. When they reached out, whenever you posted something like on yeah. my birthday with like a picture of me, they were like, "Oh my god, I went to I had chorus class." Yeah, with Eli. Him. And yeah. I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, Eli's awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just like most of my most of my friends out here are from North Carolina, and some of and some of them I never knew before. Um. Some of them are like friends of friends that I like met after I moved here. Right. Um, but some I moved moved around the same time that I was friends with already in North Carolina. Um That's a weird you know, one of, I didn't realize there were so many people from North Carolina that moved to <laughs> moved to LA. <laughs> I think it's moved it specifically moved to LA in COVID. Yeah. Like because it was now's our yeah, time. No, yeah, well, no, and I think I think that was really that really was it, and that and that worked for a while, and has still worked for some people. You know, like what I mentioned earlier about like when I transitioned from acting to directing, because really, just acting just wasn't making sense anymore financially <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, it was was like was that, just it kept it was working for a while until it didn't, and so I moved on to the the thing that was making more sense, which now is directing, and so. Um, Wait, sorry, I totally lost track of my brain. Oh, you're um, good, dude. I'm dude. still oh, trying yeah, to wait. think of the funny thing I was thinking of earlier, and I just can't think <laughs> yeah. of it. I'm just gonna think. Have to, I'm gonna have to lose it. I'm gonna have to just take take an L. You're, you're good. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, oh yeah, no, North Carolina. Yeah, I do, I I do see myself moving back in the future because I just um, there there was a sense of community there that I I just haven't I haven't found out here, and I think LA is so focused on the grind, and everyone is doing. Everyone's doing their own thing, which is totally valid. You have to to survive here. Um, but maybe they're doing I, their thing so much that it's just like there's no one available to like just casually hang out maybe as often. Oh, or? Yeah. I, I think a, a lot of it's – I'm not going to make like, sweeping judgments. Like, but like, I'm just trying wait, to figure out from my perspective. No, totally. Like I, I think my experience ha has, um, has kind of – and this happens a lot. This happened largely because also a lot of the people I associate with are like artists or actors or performers. Mm -hmm. It's it's really hard, I think, for a lot of people in LA, especially who are um who are expats, to justify just casually spending time with people if there's no like possible career move. Oh the okay. results from it. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that as like a in like a self like 
in a judgmental way. No, but or like, I, I get what you mean. People are selfish. It's, it's, it's not like, a transactional thing, but it's definitely like networking. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, and I am so not a networking kind of person. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, you know, we we we've networked a few times. But yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it's we're networking right now. It's different when we do it. Yeah, it's okay if we do it. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it's it's more like my view is like if we can't hang, you know, it's just then there's the, the door, baby. Like, oh god, as as Kellen. Oh, yeah, I, said, I walked right into that one. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, you said it, uh, but yeah. no, seriously, like it's like if you can't like let's just go grab drinks or let's just go have dinner or play video games or play fucking magic the gathering or whatever you know what i mean yeah. just like it doesn't have to be like it's I, i'm sure it's the same thing if you like if you if you met someone really famous and then you're like got the opportunity to hang with them like maybe for the day and the whole mm-hmm. time you're just being a punisher they're just like all right dude like that's why like i've heard like demi lovato talk about like her only fame this was like three years ago so i don't know if it's a thing now but um, she was like, uh, uh, Ariana Grande is like her only other famous person friend she hangs out with. And like her other friends are just like regular people, you know, that are just, cause she's yeah. like, I get tired of just all the, just intensity of everything. Like, I just need to like casually, mm-hmm. you know, do the human being, like get pizza and coffee, hang out, eat ice cream type, whatever, you know? Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, it's, it's hard enough for celebrities to find that you know, for themselves, regular people finding that for themselves is also pretty hard. If, yeah. if you're also in that same world. Cause you're in that, um, you're in this, you're in their same world. You're just like in the domain of like the hungry, uh, like grindy kind of my, but you're still in that same like bubble in a way. So there's, there's yeah. stuff that's like rewarding of it, but there's definitely stuff, same thing with playing music and being involved in like the music scene and all this kind of stuff. There's mm-hmm. parts of that come with it that you're like, man, all I wanted to do was just, be a director all i want to do is just be mm-hmm. an actor all i want to do is just play a band but then you got to do all this other stuff mm-hmm. to like make it work and everything and just deal with yeah. people <laughs> and some people are, are mm-hmm. cool and some people suck so like yeah you some people and some people are like scary it's yeah. just like some people like there's i mean i'm not gonna say who who the person is like that i know but like i was one time well, just chatting up with this this was one of my early like lessons in la of like oh yeah like Watch people out. talk about who they know but like the second you actually sound like you you actually know this person then people like see that and they like zero in and they like hyper fixate on like oh my god i have to meet this person yeah, you should exactly. like, introduce like can you me. introduce me can can you introduce yeah. me to brad pitt Orion? can you introduce <sighs> me to brad pitt Cause, since you're best friends with him since you since you have his we phone were... number can <laughs> yeah I, exactly you're my can, wow oh my god thank you he for sat behind me when i was doing background on, a, on babylon <laughs> and so i know him personally he said he was that nice actually happened me. but he yeah you like, were you were in a movie with brad pitt that is not that I is was, real real lore I was yeah, I was in a movie with Brad Pitt. You were in a movie with Brad. That's all you got to say. Just, I can you say that. You don't have to be like, and, well, I was just mm, I was in a movie and, with Brad Pitt. And that's the thing. Everyone in LA can say that. Yeah. Every single person who has ever like applied for a background gig can say that. They were <laughs> like, in a movie with Brad Pitt. They were in a, yeah, with Brad Pitt or like Joseph Gordon-Levitt or right. Margot Robbie, you know, but, or but LeBron James. As, it's as like, you were saying when someone's like when someone's saying like acting like they are like casual texting buddies with somebody are you saying mm-hmm. that like other people kind of see that as an opportunity to be like What's yeah up? like i yeah like i was mentioning because I, I had to basically they were saying some something about a famous person that i do know and i had i was like correcting them on it 
because I was just like, yeah, that's not what that is. Okay. Um, so like, just so you know, don't say that about that's per- about this person. They, 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 they were, just upset they were me more and, so probably going off of like some rumor, but then doing the like cool yeah. guy, like, well, I, I heard that, you know, I got the inside scoop and you're like, well, no, no, <laughs> no, because no. I've been to that person's house and I know their family. Exactly. And so it was yeah. like, what? And then they were just like, wait, so like, do you know, like, do you know what they're like working on? And I was like, what? And then they tried to, they, people just kept like prying and I'm like, oh, okay. I should not have brought that up. Because now you're going to be really you weird as like the rest of this project. A zombie or a cat when you have food or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's that kind of like, ooh, pretty. Oh, hey, I want to be your, you know, like it's really weird. And it, it, it can a, get. A lot know. of weird social climbiness um, on like on set and off just out here um, that I just don't like. It, yeah, that's, yeah, I don't know. I could go on for hours about that. Um, Cause maybe that's the, a reason why you're like, I'm not maybe feeling this place as much. Mm-hmm. Like just, or maybe like this just... industry as it is now, you know, mm-hmm. cause like what I do, what I do now, it's mostly, you know, I do freelance work for artists. And then I also do like documentary style, like video marketing, you know, it's like directing can, I can do the job of a director in different industries. As long as I'm behind a camera, all good. We're good. You know where yeah. you should move? Just go to Phoenix. You're right there. Just drive, <laughs> yeah. just drive to Phoenix. I got family there. So yeah. I got we got friends there. Shout out Trevor Trevor McGoldrick. Nice. He's he's uh, originally from uh like the Winston Salem area and then he Very moved cool. there in like twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. And um he <laughs> Picked me up from jail there. Oh, Whenever I brother. got b- before weed was legalized there, and I stopped. Mm. Um, I was going through just lore, lore upon lore, my friend. Yeah. And yeah. um, long story short, I I had bought weed in Colorado legally, and I was sleeping in my car at the time. And at the time, my hair was like down here and i hadn't showered in a couple days and i parked at a walmart and most walmarts that i've ever been to will let you overnight park but i parked Mm -hmm. in like a very like rich neighborhood part of scottsdale arizona oh no i know i was gonna ask if it was scottsdale yeah Yeah. dude and i woke up and i had like cops outside of my window and stuff and they basically thought i was like a drug dealer and like searched my car and like found like a gram of weed and they were like you know this and uh, now it's legal which is crazy like they were like do you have a medical card and i was like no and they were like you know this is supposed to be a felony but we'll let her do like we'll let you off the hook for now like whatever and i was like oh my god what's going on and then they um they took me to uh i guess this little jail place type thing it was like Like, a a location like a jail like a it was an it was it was a place it wasn't like a you know it was just it was just there holding yeah, a holding thing. I was held like a baby, um, and, <laughs> and I was there for like an hour. And then um, I was like, "Hey," they're like, "All right, you're free to go." And they like, I was like, "Can you guys take me back to my car?" And it was like ten miles away. And they're like, "No." And then I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I called Trevor, and I was like, "Hey, uh, what Dude. you doing?" And he was yeah. just like, <laughs> uh, "Just you know, getting off work or whatever, you know, blah blah blah." What? And I was like. Oh, that, damn, that's crazy. Um, You want to pick me up from jail real quick? And, he, <laughs> and then he picked me up from there. I'll have to have him on so we can reminisce. But Oh, yeah, he, totally. He, he picked me up from there, and then he took me to Del Taco, and that was the first time I had Del Taco. That was the first time you had Del Taco? Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> yep. With And he had two warm Sprites in his car because he lives in Phoenix. And, oh, um, yeah. 
course. We had a warm Sprite and a burrito from Del Taco, and that was the that, weirdest 48 hours of my entire life. That is amazing, and I think that's the only way to get be, to be introduced to El, the Del Taco. Yeah, you have to be arrested the, for, like, a really, like, just having, like, a, a speck of weed on you. Yeah, I feel like that's why it didn't hit for me the first time. Now I love it. Yeah. But the first time I had it, I was like, huh. Well, we now I'm like the band mm. uh, had never had it before, and then in 2019, whenever we went to play Columbia, South Carolina, the first time they had a Del Taco, and I was like, "That's oh, weird. really? They're only on like the West Coast. This is weird. Why is this here? I don't even know if it's there anymore." And then we had it, and they were like mid, and I was like, "No, you have to go to you have to go <laughs> you to California. This. You have to go to Colorado. <laughs> you don't understand." That was the that was the real reason y'all started working with Howard was, was for to Del like, Taco. Honestly, was for Del Taco. We ate. Me and every food run that we would do, and we can we can yeah. go ahead and transition into the, that trip if you want to, since we're talking about it. But sure. every food run that we did while we were at the studio, uh, recording the album Romanticize by Heirloom, available now on all social media streaming platforms. Go stream it now. Uh, well, uh, we were running Del Taco, Ch- California Chicken Cafe, and like... <laughs> maybe chipotle or something like that was mm-hmm. like we were living on that at the studio for like two weeks straight at, at a time oh yeah just door dashing like 70 dollars worth of <laughs> <laughs> of food which get that gets you pretty damn far at, at del taco dude me, <laughs> there were so many times <laughs> that like we we just went there like and i mean because kevin's vegetarian so a lot of mm-hmm. the times like i don't think there's anything at california chicken cafe he could have except for like a yeah maybe like some sort of wrap, but uh, mm-hmm. they have like the vegetarian options at Del Taco and everything. So like, you know, we would just go there bull and yeah. call it a day and then just walk across the street and then buy weed legally and then take a little pin. And then yeah, I would hit it too many times. And then I'd be in the <laughs> studio and I'd be like, Whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> like there was a few times where I was like, for the most part, I held my cool together and like any amount of like little nervous energy, I kind of let out as like funny yeah. But, like, there was a few times where I, like, definitely hit the pin too hard, and I'm just sitting there chilling while, <laughs> while people are tracking a song. It's like, boop, 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 do 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 And I'm just yeah. like, oh, my God, dude, I'm in fucking California. Oh, my God, I'm with famous people. Oh, my God, what the yeah. fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because for those that, awesome. those that don't know, um, I mean, I just made the little plug or whatever, but you came with us uh to record or to record footage and then later put together like a documentary, do some awesome photography, still shots and everything from us recording our album out there. And we went out there in May of 2022 and then March of this year, 2023. And you were there for both times and um, you got to capture most of the tracking process and then roll out to uh, old Howie's house to do uh, vocal tracking and just get like, I, I felt like I was in a fever dream the whole time I was there. And then like this dude would pull out like <laughs> random snacks and shit. And just yeah. like, I remember all the time growing up. Cause I've been doing vocals and being in bands and whatever for like 13 years, almost 14 years at this point. Right. And I would always hear people like, don't eat dairy before you do vocals. And like, make sure you don't eat anything spicy and you have to drink room temperature water. And then Howard Benson has fucking chips and queso. And he's like, here, you want yeah. some? And I'm like, <laughs> um, <laughs> And he's like, it'll be fine. You'll sound good. And I was like, whatever. And then well, like, also, everybody was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the real full circle moment is like, is like you do all this stuff to only realize like, oh, none of that mattered. Yeah, exactly. Or like, like, it's more of a mental or, thing. Yeah. Well, I think also, also just I, that was one of the things that I was so like impressed by just like the way Howard tracks was like, 
just you know just getting to watch him do that because he only tracks for like a few hours at a time yeah right? i'm Unlike used to going other, until it's yeah. like you can't breathe you know and that's horrible yeah and you i didn't know that see- at the time i thought it was like hell yeah bro i'm in, i got endurance you well, know like i'm i'm the man let's go even well even like you know like you know classically trained like broadway and opera singers who are literally like athletes of the vocal world it's just like they never their performances are never more than three hours total and then they have breaks in between yeah like they recognize you know? the human aspect of it and i think howard had that yeah. as well too um because yeah there's definitely been uh vocal tracking sessions i've done before where like at the time maybe i thought it was funny but like i would <laughs> always like throw up afterwards and it would just be water because like i was just drinking so much water yeah I would just like throw up the water and i'd be like oh yeah. good take oh <laughs> Bleh, oh, you know, like some Bleh. stupid shit. Yeah. And at the time too, I was like drinking soda a lot and um, yeah. smoking like a pack of cigarettes a day and everything. And now I just got my little lost Mary yeah. vape vape girl in there. Well, um, <laughs> didn't uh, Howard tell you? Didn't Howard tell you not like you were gonna? Yeah, you I were was gonna still quit smoking whenever before. I was there. Yeah. yeah, and he was like, "Don't quit smoking until you're done tracking because like it'll fuck up your voice." And I was like, "Okay." So I was, I had already like quit before whenever we went on tour, and then I was outside like on break, just like, <laughs> like sad smoking, like you know what is? <laughs> I wish I knew like, how to quit you. My, my like addictive brain was like, "Is it good?" or not is it good is <laughs> no. it bad what is, do we want it do we not want it and i'm just like i think don't you I want, want it <laughs> yeah it's like you want to be a star don't you you know what i mean like <laughs> that's how i felt like but he was you're just, in hollywood baby yeah you're in hollywood baby <laughs> smoke your cigarettes and eat your fucking chips and queso and burbank it was crazy though because i still have the like and i was talking about this uh with simmons on our episode which we can go listen mm-hmm. to now a crossover episode great uh, episode by the way thank you it was really long <laughs> i didn't yeah. know how long it was it was sick um i loved it um but uh we were talking about the like imposter syndrome side of like i'm meeting all these cool people whether it be howard or chris from the ghost inside mm-hmm. or, or the ghost inside the band or under Rose or whoever you meet a lot you know different shows and stuff and i'm still the 16 year old like fan but i'm not like carrying myself as a i'm in the, i'm in that spot as the performer as the uh career but I still feel like I'm a 16, like, and Simmons mm-hmm. is just like, yeah, bro, you just got to, like, get over that. Because, like, with uh, the Ghost Inside, when we saw them, um, me and Kevin and, and Nikki went and saw them, and Sam was there, too, um, in Myrtle Beach. And uh, Simmons was like, did you say bye to, or, like, did you say what's up to Chris? And I was like, no, nah, I just didn't want to bother him. And he was like, dude, you like say say what's up. And I was like, no, I don't want to be like a punisher. And it's like, you are his friend. And I'm just like, yeah, but like he's really busy. You know what I mean? Like it's so hard. Yeah. To, I'm, I'm still stuck in this like uh, uh, thing where I st- like when, when I'm recording vocals with Howard, I'm just like, hope this is good enough. I couldn't wait to see you smile. <laughs> and then he's like, great, next take. And I'm like. Wow, I'm actually doing it. Like I literally felt that like is amazing, by the way. Thank you. I literally well, whenever I was writing the verse for Suffer All the Same was whenever I was like, yeah. I've never written a singing verse before. Can I find the cure? <laughs> How can I be so sure? Yeah. And he was like, Cool, next line. And I was like, Oh God. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh shit. And I that, guess I'm here. Like That was something that was something that I learned in like the acting world of when the, it's like when there's no notes, it usually means it's a good thing. Like when they don't when the the person in charge is like, yeah, that's great, let's keep going. You're like, or, or it's oh, just like, shit. yeah, let's keep going. It's like, oh, I did it right. Yeah. What? It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm one of I'm not just the little guy. Like, yeah, I'm still the little guy, 
literally and figuratively. Am I right? Um, but uh, hey, uh, King. the for the viewers not watching the video episode of this, Arian and I just did a little finger finger point thing, and uh, you know it was really funny, and you you missed out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there were there. there it's just. All that to say is just, uh, you know, there's a lot of imposter syndrome in being a creative and everything. So even whenever you're like really successful or you're meeting cool people and stuff, I still kind of feel at times like, oh, this this guy doesn't want to talk to me. Like I was so Mm -hmm. my anxiety was so convinced that like before we flew out to L.A. to track the record, like, oh, like our flights are going to get canceled or oh they're going to move the session or like all this. And it felt so real to me. And then like it didn't until we got off the plane. I was like. All oh, right. you know, like every single <laughs> yeah. day I was, I was expecting just like, oh, well, you know, this needs to be better. This needs to be better. This, is, But all of us, before we went out there to record, we all like thought they were going to kick our ass. So we just all like, da, 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 like hyper fixated <laughs> on getting good. Yeah. So yeah. when we showed up, they were like, cool. We were like, ah, oh, oh, great. You uh-huh. know? <laughs> so like, I'm sure, you know, in your creative endeavors, uh, you know, with mental health, anxiety and stuff like that, you know, there's yeah. times where you're like, what am I even doing, man? Am I, I'm just some idiot. You know what I mean? Dude. Like, yeah, totally. And you're totally I mean, not. That's the thing is like, you're, you're, you're talented <laughs> and everything. Um, and like, you're, you're like very smart and like you're in, you're in the place doing it, but there's times where it's just like, what the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? Like you just have, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. I, to- I totally get that. I mean, um, you know, I think a lot for, for me personally, a lot of the imposter syndrome comes from the fact that, um, create a creative career, was creative and career were not two words that were put together when I was growing up. They were not part of how my brain formed. It was always like, if you're doing something creative, if you're doing something with your camera or you're drawing or whatever, you're making music, that's great. But that is always secondary. That it can never be that like what you do for a living. Of, that makes a lot of sense in my own thinking process too, for like yeah. the, the, the types of, like maybe parents or just support mm-hmm. systems that are like, that's mm-hmm. cool, but make sure you have a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, and it, your brain is like, but I kind of want this to be my job, but it's also yeah. like a weird job and like, and it's, it's really niche and like, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and you have to do a lot, you have to like, you have to like do a lot of work on back and shit. Like, you have to, yeah. And you got to like speak with inflection yeah, and, you gotta, uh, yeah, yeah. Move your shoulders. <laughs> What's going you see? On? Hey, hey. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, and, all that to say it's very complicated. So yeah, go ahead. And yeah, yeah. And so um, so that that's a lot of where my my own personal like performance anxiety comes from. It's not about like whether I can do the it's not about it's never about whether I can, it's about whether I should. I feel and, I feel that. And the shoulds are never like that's the thing about shoulds too, is like those don't exist. It, it like shoulds are just like ideas that you they're they're not they're just floating around, they're not material, they don't directly it's affect like a what, what if doing. like yeah it's a what it's a what if yeah um and it's like you know it, it's valid to like think about those things or for those or to feel those things but at the end of the day it's like you can't control that you can only focus on what you can control and what i can control are these skills that i've developed that i've worked for years to like be decent at yeah and so like implementing those and creating a life out of that that's something i can control and just and, honing in on those skills and making sure that like, it's like holding lightning in a bottle because I, the mm-hmm. way I was talking to my therapist and my and my girlfriend, two separate people by the way. Um, the distinction is important. <laughs> the, distinction the distinction is, is very important. important. My therapist <laughs> and my girlfriend, not the same person. Separately. Two different conversations with two different people. 
who are not the same person. This is not a joke. This is for real. Um, But uh, about the thing where I'll basically talk about being a creative to go get those ideas. Sometimes you have to journey off into this weird, unknown, higher self, whatever kind of spatial kind of realm place. Yeah. Which is the unknown or the underworld or whatever you want to attach a, you know, metaphor or whatever to it. And you come back to the human realm with an idea that Mm -hmm. comes out of the air or whatever, you know, wherever you want to make it come from. But going to that place to get those good ideas, there's also a lot of like heartless running around. And you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of like, you know, just for for lack of a better phrase, like demons or bad thoughts or whatever you want to call it. Like confusion, I guess, would be a really good Mm -hmm. um, self-doubt. All that kind of stuff comes with journeying into this like I have an idea that I want to make something that doesn't exist yet. And Mm -hmm. I can kind of see it, but I don't really know how I want to format it. So I'm going to go try to go get it in my brain, which is also my brain over there. So I'll be right back. But in that journey, you also were like, that was painful. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Well, that happened. That happened. (sighs) He's right behind me, isn't he? (laughs) Don't Um, look down. I'm looking down. (laughs) But yeah, no, no, I I totally, I totally, you know, what you're saying completely resonates. And I completely agree that, that it's not like, it's not an out of body experience, but it kind of is. Yeah, it's, it's a like weird. It's I don't know the, how to describe it. It's like an out of brain think, experience or something. Yeah, I think every creative person, um, every creative person, they are creative because they are, uh, they're making an observation, and they're making an interpretation of that observation. Mm-hmm. Whether that observation is of an experience or it's of some phenomenon, some abstract phenomenon in the world, um, the whole point of being an artist is to synthesize those experiences into something to share with people or yeah. to express. And it doesn't um, exist yet in the real world, which is crazy, but it's like living I, in your brain, like churning. I was thinking about this um, today as I was just like on my walk. Um, I was thinking, I was thinking this of actually about the new Tesseract album that just dropped today. I haven't listened to it yet. War of being. Um, I think that is, it. it is Dan's best vocal performance of his career. And I think I forget just to have it in my yeah. search history. Sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. It's, Awesome album. Anyway, but I was thinking about that. Um, and I was because I listened to it first thing in the morning. Um, and I what was I saying? Oh yeah, I, I was I was it reminded me of something that one of my arts entrepreneurship professors in college uh put me on to. And it's the idea that um his name is Gary Beckman, by the way. He's an amazing prog metal guitarist. Well, what a what a um, name too. Yeah, Gary Beckman. Gary Beckman. Dr. Gary Beckman. Yeah. Oh um, wow, he, okay, even better. Yeah. Yeah, he put me onto the idea that um, that art is discovery, not creation. That, that art sense. is art is a kind of a re, uh, not even reimagining. Like all art already exists in theory, mm-hmm. and it's just the it's the job of the artist to it's like an interp- uncover it, like an from interpretation, the maybe interpretation. Like, like you're a translator, you're like, hey guys, yeah. there's this cool thing, and I'm gonna figure out how to present it so that you can understand it or that it's entertaining or that it's maybe not even that it's just, I don't know. It's, that's the thing. You can't even explain it. Like art's just crazy. Like life imitates art, art imitates life, that kind of, you know, those phrases and everything. Like it's like, I think art is a, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're fine. You're fine. You can go ahead. (laughs) No, you hang up. No. No, Um, okay. I, uh, no, I think art is like art is, um, a kind of a moment of communication, right? you you're like it's point a delivering a message to point b 
or it's point A delivering point B to point C. Yeah. B being like the audience, B being the message or the art, and A being the artist. But in a, in a way, you know? the, the artist or whatever, and it's so complex too, but like yeah. the creative, I'll say that, is the person that's like able to see the stuff and grab it and then go take it to like the other point. You're kind of a messenger in a way, like in a in a cosmic sort of way, yes. You know what I mean? Like uh, <laughs> like uh, yeah. from a mythological standpoint, you're kind of like the dude with like the messenger with the wings kind of floating back and forth between earth and the heavens kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like you're venturing out into the unknown, which is filled with sharks and scary shit, but it's also like filled with like cool stuff as well. And you can bring it back to the village and be like, Hey, I got some cool stuff here. Um, Either that is a poet or a movie director or a musician or something like you're putting something that like people that don't even speak the same language will hear or see and just all feel something very maybe similar or just very intense. It's like, right. it's like whenever you see, like I use this as an example, but like the Colorado, like Rocky mountains, like the Southwest Colorado, like near like Utah and New Mexico and everything. Mm-hmm. Most beautiful place I've ever seen, like in, with my own eyes. And there's just something about it where like the vastness of it, you're just kind of like, you see people stop and take pictures and I'm like, why is it like what you know what I mean? Like what about yeah. this this little little curve or this little view makes people just like wow? I have to see that for life, you know. And it's it's not even anything. It's just nature being itself. But like people are just like yeah. just like it's this sense of like whoa. So I think that's why people are able to you know gravitate towards movies they love and songs they love and pictures they love, art they love, poems they love, all that kind of stuff so well. Whenever it resonates, because there's something in there, whether it's like a lyric that oh my God, he's singing right at me or like just something that just met, like, damn, he just like me for real. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's just well, some, yeah, it, something to relate to. Well, and, and that, that relation is so like interesting to me because it's like we, um, that sense of like relating to art is like, you're relating to something that is abstract. Like it's inherently abstract. It's not the exact experience, right? Because it's like, you have that in you already, but to see the commonality in another person it's like this, I don't know. It's like this third space of like existing Yeah. where it's like, we have no explanation for why this works. Maybe we do. And I just don't know it, but like, I don't know, just seeing people. It's one thing to like talk about an experience, shared experience. Like you and I have talked about so many shared experiences in the past mm-hmm. um, that we have both lived through like directly or things that we have done like gone through separately. And just, it was a commonality when we like were in touch again. Um, but then there's like the things that you hear, like you said, the things you hear in music, that's like, you just like me for real. It's like to be, to feel seen by, yeah. um, a, by, by a work of art is like, thing a, where it's like, I don't even know the name of the person who made yeah. this, but whatever this is, thanks for making it, you know, like, yeah, it, it's just such a special thing that I think, um, I think that's a unifying experience that transcends, like, you know, that goes back to like before religion. I think that's why like a lot of, religious uh iconography has worked as well yeah and it's why like people seek that sort of communal yeah symbolism and like people seek that community like communitive yeah community experience from just art in general not even religion but there's a religious like effect yeah on groups of people in art like we've been to shows yeah like Like shows that aren't even like aren't even trying to relay a religious message but there's something religious or spiritual happening with just like Mm -hmm. like holding out the mic and like 
a room full of people that have never even talked to each other are all saying the same thing. It's the same thing as like you go see a really good movie and the whole audience cries and everyone's walking out and like maybe making like lighthearted jokes or something. And it's like making friends with somebody over this movie or over this show, uh, concert, whatever that like, damn, that was crazy. You know, like, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm glad they played this one. Oh, I love this part or something. Like it just, it, it brings you together. So absolutely cool. It's really sick. Um, I do not have anything else in my, in my notes, (laughs) unless you want to talk about Pokemon, um, yeah. but I, I'm, <laughs> I have okay. been playing, uh, uh, I found an emulator online, which is, I think legal. I was just worried about like, you have to save the file to your computer and then like upload like the save file. So I was just, I was making sure mm. to check it for like viruses and stuff, but this site's good yeah. to my knowledge. My computer hasn't crashed yet. Um, but, uh, nice. I played through, uh, the original Pokemon red and I was like, God, I hate this. And then I went back and played. <laughs> like ruby and then i played fire red and i never played fire red before so oh, I, really? I have like two yeah i never had a ds or anything back in the day mm-hmm. um i just had a, a advance so um uh or maybe it came out for advance too and i just never got it uh, i think it came out for advance yeah okay maybe i just never got it uh because i was probably at the time like well i already played that you know what i mean yeah. i didn't really yeah, get exactly it. but remakes it didn't now, have... i'm just like holy shit yeah. i can run I actually have <laughs> running shoes. Oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. And then there's like the islands and shit. Like there's new places mm-hmm. to go. Moltres is in a different place. Like all this shit. Yeah. So I, I tried to do the opposite of what I did as a kid playing Pokemon mm-hmm. where I would simply just power up my starter and like the other Pokemon <laughs> in my party were just for like cut and flash and <laughs> fly. I get like a level two Pidgey or whatever. Yeah. And this time when I've been playing around, I've been trying to like evenly distribute and yeah. I have found out that Clefairy is fucking OP as shit. Really? Yeah, because Clefairy, oh, Clefairy can learn like psychic, ice beam, electric moves, like every. And then uh, Austin got me turned on to Nido King or uh, Nidoran, and then it evolves into um, uh, uh, Nidorino, Nido King. Yeah. And uh, I'd never fucked with them before either, but like it can learn electric moves. And I was like, that's sick. So like normal types is that why? It's a it's a ground and poison, so it's super weird. So like I'll be like okay. yeah electric, and then an ice, uh, or I'll be in the elite, elite four and just get my ass kicked. Like I've been having good games, but as soon as I get to the elite four with my last through uh, last yeah. few playthroughs, I'm just like getting my ass kicked because <laughs> yeah. I didn't power up my one guy to like level ninety or whatever. But oh um, no, yeah, you said you were playing through Emerald. Yeah, I love Emerald. Um. Who is your starter? Mudkip. Yep. Same. That's what I did with Ruby. Yep. I, I, I was a Torchic guy for a while because I was just like fire. fire only, but, yep. then ended up, yep. but then it was like firefighting for like the next three generations. So I was just like, okay, I'm bored. But like, but so when I replayed, um, when I replayed it, I went with, and I, I think the, the water ground type is just so useful. Yeah, for sure. Unless for you're sure. fighting, unless it's like grass, then you're fucked. But yeah. Because grass, yeah. like Venusaur or Ivasaur and uh, Bulbasaur and everything, <laughs> that line is so that was so hard to get through because Dude. flying, fire, psychic. Because it's yeah. it's like ground, done. grass, and poison or something. So like, yeah, it's just fucked. But yeah. like, I've been learning. I didn't know about like all the types and stuff until like Austin <laughs> um, was telling me about it. Like I knew yeah, like obviously the- like fire and water and electric and stuff, but I didn't realize like. Oh, this you know, bug is good against this, and dark is good against this. You know, all this kind of shit. I think I think true true growth is realizing that bug Pokemon are actually useful. 
Yeah. That I'm is gonna, true growth. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and like beat the game with a B drill or something. People do that. People do that shit. They'll do like God. like a one type only party and then they just cream that shit. Dude, doing only bug would give me such a headache. <laughs> <laughs> or like I hate on, it. only I don't know. I, I'm about done with my uh my playthrough. Only now. bugs. What's up? Nothing. <laughs> I'm about done with my playthrough right now. Um, as we've been zooming, I've been playing Pokemon. That's yeah, this whole time. No, um, I, but uh, I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> nah, but uh, I, I have uh, Blastoise, and I'd like, God, that one Ice Girl in the in the Elite Four always gets me. Oh no, the the yeah, she fucking she Jinx just beats my ass every time, dude. dude with like Ice Punch. Oh my God, I forgot about Jinx. And then they uh like Cloister uses like Protect. And so I just like can't attack, but anyway. He protect. No, he protect. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else. If we want to go ahead and wrap it up, we can here, and then you know I can say goodbye to you afterwards on you know on Zoom here. But uh, yeah. was there was there anything else you wanted to uh, touch on on this? I no, know this has been kind of I mean, all over the place, but no, I mean, I just, I mean, first, I definitely want to thank you for having me on. I mean, I feel. You know, it's always great to talk to you in any capacity. Thank you. Um, you too. You too. Even you though know, we're like, gonna act like we don't send each other memes, like yeah, like day. regularly. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, like it just means a lot to be part of part of this um that you've uh that you've been building and um, yeah, it, it's really cool to be just among among the roster of like amazing artists that you've been talking to on this podcast Dude, so far, and we'll continue you. to do it. Thank you. Well, this um, is gonna be episode five too. So like I'm yeah. Once I start getting to a certain number, it's like I'm a, I'm a real guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm a, I'm a real podcaster or whatever. You're him. You I are am, him. I am that guy because like <laughs> my first episode, I'm gonna have to go back and redo an episode with him just for quality sake. But it was literally an Instagram live, and I just like screen recorded the and like used the mm -hmm. audio. So nice. like second episode on, um, I was gifted. Shout out my girlfriend Stephanie. She came home and surprised me with a microphone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Love damn, it. all right. And then this <laughs> table that I'm using right here as well, which is sick. Nice. Um, so, yeah, big, big supporter there. So then I've been starting to just learn. And then Simmons give me tips and stuff. And yeah. Jeffy is like my like editor, um, full full time Legend. editor. So after cool. this one or this this one moving forward, he's going to be like my Jamie. Um, and nice. one day <laughs> I hope we can uh, do it like in person. Um, he's talked about like wanting to do like multiple camera in person sit down kind of stuff but i mean for now man like i'm still having fun just trying to figure it out and just i love just like talking and just talking to people and just picking people's brains about cer certain stuff and i'm i'm trying to get you know i got you on here and i'm trying to get um our, our boy low-key stressed uh, mr david yes. on here as well you know this is it but um cool man well uh i'll i'll let you get going wink wink i'll say i'll say goodbye to you here in just a second but um yeah uh, if we want to plug where people can find you on Instagram, yeah. on TikTok, on Twitter, wherever. Yeah. So um, on, on Instagram, Instagram is probably where I'm most active, like in terms of my creative stuff. Uh, my personal is Arion Mo, A-R-E-O-N-M-O. Uh, my work Insta slash like Instagram portfolio is uh, Arion Media, A-R-E-O-N Media. And uh, oh yeah, you mentioned this earlier, but I also have um, I also have a music project that's in the works called Padishah. I'm combining um, kind of industrial metal sounds with a Persian traditional music. Super. super and um, yeah, I'm super excited to get that off the ground. Um, big things coming. Actually, you know, big, big things, things coming. coming. Yes. Um, and uh, and then my website is arionmobasher.com. A R E O N M O B A S H E R.com. You can see 
my photography, some of my even my some of my voiceover stuff too, um, music, video work. Um, let's connect. And let's if you're in LA, it. let's work together. Do it, do it. Well, yeah, hit hit him up because he's the best and always a fun hang and everything. So Arian, thanks for coming on, man. Episode five.